Hello and welcome for the uh, first time in a very long time to a Two True Freaks First Impressions movie review. We have not done one of these in forever. As a matter of fact, I can't remember the last one we did. It may possibly have been Tron Legacy. I honestly don't remember. Anyway, hi. This is a uh, quick, hopefully quick, little uh, spoiler-free, and I stress spoiler-free, uh, first impressions review of Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Um, I was very pleasantly surprised today by my missus. She uh, sent me a little text message this afternoon, said, uh, do you feel like going to the movies? Which <laughs> is always uh, you know, an interesting proposition coming from my wife. Because uh, I never, you know, it's generally going to be some, uh, you know, chick flick that's very questionable whether I'm going to want to go see it or not. But So I kind of wondered what the ulterior motive might be kind of thing. But m- more than that, what the first thing that, you know, that uh, occurred to me was uh, uh, we kind of broke right now. How the hell are we going to go to the movies? Well, it turns out that she had gotten a really nice at-a-girl at work and uh, was rewarded with a couple of, uh, of free movie passes. And so, again, you know, once she uh, had told me that, you know, she scored free passes at work, then it was like, okay, you know, what, what new, you know, beefcake movies out, you know, what new chick flicks out, you know, that sort of thing. And she absolutely amazed and flabbergasted me uh, by saying, "Hey, let's go see that uh, that A- uh, Abraham Lincoln movie that you want to see." Or actually, I think she said, "You know, isn't that Abraham uh, Lincoln movie that you want to see out yet?" And I was just, I was stunned. I was like, "All right, for one thing, <laughs> uh, well, you know, mostly it was just, uh, you, know, you really want to go see that." I-, I had no idea that she was even aware, really, that I wanted to see it, much less that that she cared to see it at all. So anyway, uh, you know, we decided, all right, well, you know, yeah, let's do that. You know, we were kind of overdue for a date night and everything, so we decided, all right, well, we'll go and we'll, we'll check out the 7 o'clock showing. Uh, now, this movie just came out, so far as I'm aware, I believe it just came out last, uh, like, Thursday, Friday, something like that, within the past few days. Um, as far as crowds go, it ain't no Avengers. Um, I mean, it was very... Granted, it's a Monday night at 7 o'clock, but still um, very, very sparsely populated in the theater. Um, I mean, I didn't do a head count or anything, but I'd guess maybe 20 to 30 people. Um, I mean, definitely, you know, it was not a packed or, or noisy theater. I mean, I heard, you know, everything on the screen, you know, even when people responded to the, you know, jokes or action or whatever was happening on the screen, you know, there was, you know, it, it never drowned out the audio or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, very light crowd. And that's a point I want to come to back to a little bit later um, is, uh, well, I, I'll get into that real quick. I think the marketing is, uh, is hurting this movie. I'm... Now, granted, I don't know what kind of audience exactly they may be aiming for with this. Um, are they aiming for the horror audience that might be out there? Are they aiming for the you know the young girl vampire audience? Are they aiming toward uh, people with a historical uh, you know that, that are interested in Abraham Lincoln as a historical figure? You know, who exactly is the audience for this movie? I've noticed Tim Burton's uh, name is plastered everywhere on the posters and in association with this movie, I found this movie to be blessedly Burton free. I mean, 
I didn't feel a, a Tim Burton influence on the movie, you know, neither with the score or the way the, the movie's shot or directed or acted or, or scripted or anything like that. It definitely does not feel like a Burton flick. I don't know if that'll, if that'll help or hurt the movie. I would think hurt. I, you know, in my circle of friends, I've heard a lot of people that kind of seem like they're kind of tired of Tim Burton. Um, but, I mean, he does have his followers, so, again, I don't know if that will help or detract. My feeling is that I was sold on the movie right out of the gate. I mean, you know, you give me a movie with Abraham Lincoln doing the fantastic, you know, whether it's fighting alongside Captain Kirk or time-traveling with Bill and Ted or whatever, it's Abraham Lincoln out of his his element doing the fantastic. I'm I'm with you. I didn't even care that it was hunting vampires. I just was like, oh, this this looks really interesting to me because I'm an Abraham Lincoln fan. I just think he's a really cool historical figure. I, I, so I was sold on that from the beginning. You know, the two reasons I really wanted to see this movie were, was because it was Abraham Lincoln and because, um, oh, I always blank on this guy's name. His last name is Jackman. I always remember that because I think of Hugh Jackman, the actor, um, is it Henry? Uh, I'll keep talking. I'll look up his name real quick. But anyway, the uh, the guy, yeah, has Henry. That's his name. Henry Jackman um, scored the movie, and that was the other big reason I wanted to see it because I loved his score to uh, X Men First Class. So, um, you know, I, again, I think the marketing. It's ultimately, if this movie underperforms or or anything like that, I'm going to blame it all on the marketing because even with the interest in wanting to go see the movie, it's still not exactly the movie that I expected that it would be. Um, And I'll get into that in a a minute. But, you know, to illustrate my point, you know, at, at work the other day, you know, I went on my lunch break and I was in the break room and a commercial for this movie came on. And a fellow that I work with, who we've discussed movies a number of times, whose opinion I really you know respect and everything, he just got this look on his face like somebody just pissed in his Wheaties. And I was like, what? And he goes, and he went on this tirade about how disrespectful this movie looked. And I listened to his points and everything, and I, I, you know, I couldn't really defend the movie too much because, of course, I hadn't seen it at that point. But I knew I wanted to see it, so I tried to give him my angle of why I was interested in it. I feel borne out in the fact that now, having seen the movie, I find this movie to be remarkably respectful to Abraham Lincoln. I really, really do. It is not in the least bit. Um, you know, a, a true biography or anything like that. It sort of kind of plays with the idea that it's trying to tell you that this really happened or that this could have really happened. Um, I don't want to say it's done tongue in cheek because that makes it sound like it's being winky naughty with the whole concept. It's not. It's done straight, which I loved. I loved that they embraced what they were trying to do with the movie. You know, that, that this was... You know that this was a real missing chapter of Lincoln's life. It, it never, um, it never shies away from that. But at the same rate, it never beats you over the head with it either. So it walks that middle line between being respectful of the true history of Lincoln and trying to sell you on this fantastic story of this, you know, quote unquote, missing chapter of his life kind of, you know, the behind the scenes story type of thing. I like that because it's respectful without being reverent or for that matter, without being irreverent. But uh, what I want to focus on is the reverence. You know, 
respectful and reverent, it, 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 there's a very subtle difference but right there, but I think it's a very important difference in a picture like this that they really got the feel of Lincoln, you know, Abraham Lincoln, the, the, the actual historical person, not just President Lincoln. And I want to stress that, you know, this movie covers pretty much all of Lincoln's life. Uh, the main focus of it, I, I felt, was really like like young Lincoln, like pre-politician Lincoln. And uh, and I really felt that, that the actor and the script really nailed that character. Uh, and, and you know the, the the true historical, or at least how he's been passed down to us in history, he felt very real. Um, and, and I'll get into the actors uh, here in just a moment. But the 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 fellow that uh, played Lincoln in this, very 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 Christopher Reeve like in this to me, in the sense that he carries the picture. Without him, this picture would not have worked. Um. So the story. And again, this is a spoiler-free review, so I'm just going to give you the basic outline of the story. Something happens in young Lincoln's life, and he's kind of taken in by a, um, you know, I'll give you a Daredevil reference. He's taken in by kind of a stick figure. (laughs) That sounds completely ridiculous. He's taken in by the guy that trains him who's very stick-like, or very, uh, I'll give you a better reference, uh, Splinter from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This guy's very much like his sensei type of thing, trains him... In, I'm not sure what this is supposed to be. I don't know if it's supposed to be sort of like the, the martial arts or some sort of mystic power or something. Lincoln very much becomes a a super, um, uh, not a superhero, but like uh, like he's almost like um, super powered. And I don't mean like he flies around and shoots laser beams out of his ass or anything, but just that he he seems like he's super like there's a supernatural element to his strength and and power um the movie surprisingly gives kind of short shrift to Lincoln's training to be a vampire hunter it's very vague on the specifics so the rest of the picture he does do a lot of things that seem um as i say supernatural they seem superhuman um as it were never really explained but you know i I felt like I didn't really need I didn't care. I was just I was pulled into the story and really enjoyed it. So um normally that thing would drive me nuts that I would focus on that and go, you know, I really want to know where is Lincoln drawing this inner power from or whatever. In this instance, I honestly just didn't care. I was sucked in and just enjoyed it was just this was a movie where for the large part I kind of turned my brain off and just rode along with it, which I would say uh, if if you're able to do that, you're probably going to have a whole lot better time with this movie. Um, I'll talk in a moment about plot holes and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, there's uh, there's a bunch of them, um, but for me personally, it didn't detract from the enjoyment of the movie. Um, so anyway, something happened in, in young Lincoln's life. He's taken in by this uh, splinter type guy, trains him to be a vampire hunter. There's a secret plot going on behind the background that culminates in the Civil War and ultimately leads to things that happened historically, you know, for real, you know, with the Emancipation Proclamation. The Battle of Gettysburg plays a very important and pivotal moment in this movie, that sort of thing. But all of it is tied to vampires in America and... I won't say that it's the strongest link, you know. It, it, it's it's really it's the background of the story, kind of works, kind of doesn't, you know. 
I walked away from this movie very much going, <laughs> now that was a hell of a lot of fun. My wife kind of walked away going, eh, it was okay. Vampires and in Civil War, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of silly. Yeah, it is kind of silly. But it wasn't like laughably silly. While you're watching the movie, you enjoy the hell out of it. Or at least I did. Anyway, I want to talk for a moment about the actors. Um, again, this uh, this guy that played Lincoln, his name is Benjamin Walker. Know him from nothing. And looking at his uh, IMD, uh, IMDb and a couple other things, it doesn't look like he's really been in anything before. It looks like he's done a lot of stage work. Uh, nothing of significance as far as, uh, as movies. Um, I think this guy's somebody to watch. And damn, does he resemble Abraham Lincoln. And he seems to resemble him... Um, without makeup or without you know prosthetics or anything like that if they did do everything with him resembling lincoln by doing that then it's an amazing job because it's flawless it really looks good basically it looks like they gave him lincoln's hairstyle and and he resembled him enough to just work it in the movie um there's a, a character a very important character basically the uh the splinter character is a guy named uh, henry sturgis that's the character's name he's played by dominic cooper and i cannot believe that i didn't realize who this guy was he was uh tony uh, not tony stark um uh tony stark's dad um crap i am completely blanking on stark's father's name but anyway in captain america first avenger the senior Stark, who you know, the Stark that would eventually be Tony Stark's dad, um, was played by Dominic Cooper. I did, I totally didn't even recognize him. I mean, he kind of looked vaguely familiar to him, but I did not at all link him to uh, Howard. That was his name, Howard Stark. I didn't re- uh, relate him to Howard Stark at all, which was kind of weird. Um, another really good character in the movie uh, was played by Anthony Mackie. He plays Will Johnson, who's uh, Abe's. Uh, oldest friend the one that uh it was driving me crazy the entire movie the woman that plays mary todd lincoln now with all respect to you know mrs lincoln who's been dead now probably what 150 years or something you know um she was not an attractive woman i mean you know look at any historical you know look at wikipedia or whatever look at anything historical on mary todd lincoln not a handsome woman the woman that plays her in the movie is Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and uh, the whole movie was driving me nuts. Where did I know this woman from? Uh, she's a doll. She is so cute. And just trying to remember where I knew her from, and we finally got home, looked her up on, uh, on IMDb, and she had played Lucy McLean or Lucy, um, uh, I can't remember, Gennaro, in... Live Free or Die Hard, the the fourth Die Hard movie, and she, you know, she was much younger and you know really cute in that movie too. But anyway, that that's the big thing I knew her from. Um, the guy that plays the head bad guy of the movie, um, his name is simply Adam in the movie, was played by Rufus Sewell. I don't know this dude from nothing. I looked at all of his IMDb stuff, all of his TV, all of his movie stuff. I don't know him from anything other than he played, uh, I believe it was Alexander Hamilton, I think. I'm not looking at it at the moment. I'm trying to do this all just on the fly and off the top of my head. But anyway, he was in the uh, HBO series uh, um, uh, John Adams. I think it was Alexander Hamilton he played in that. Anyway, that's the only thing I think that I've ever seen him in. But damn, does he look familiar. He was another one through the whole movie. I kept looking at him going, where do I know this dude from? 
And the the best I can come up with is that he really, really resembles a young Terrence Stamp, like uh, like Superman the movie era Terrence Stamp. Maybe even a few years younger than la- than that. He looks like he could be like Terrence Stamp's son or younger brother or something. Really, really excellent in this. And I would love to see this guy play a vampire again because he gave me a serious. Um, like uh i vampire i'm trying to remember the the dc character something bennett i think i can't remember the character's name now but anyway dc comics has a character uh i vampire i'd love to see this guy play that because he just really he was the best looking vampire in the entire movie uh really really sold it really good villain in this picture um wanted to talk about the special effects because the special effects next to the actor that played Lincoln and the and the actress that played uh, Mary Todd Lincoln, the the next big player to me in the picture um, was the special effects. This movie has unreal special effects. Now I'm not talking about the vampire hunting and the vampire killing and the vampire fights and all that. I'm talking more about sweeping vistas and just beautiful shots incredible effects um there's a moment in this movie well actually there's there's two moments in the movie um the movie opens to a beautiful shot of the um washington memorial overlooking the white house and the camera slowly rotates around and we see all of the modern day washington dc fade away and disappear as we're taken back in time to um, 18, uh, it says the year, now I forget, I want to say 1865, I I, I know what it is, the movie actually starts um, with Lincoln kind of telling his memoirs on the night he was assassinated, so it was April 14th, 1960, excuse me, 18 rather, 1865, so anyway, it, it goes from modern day, you know, 2012, in this sweeping shot regresses in time to 1865 and it's just unbelievable special effects i mean you know it's computers but it's one of those effects that's done so well that it doesn't look computer generated it doesn't look weird you know like like a lot of early cgi stuff did or even stuff right up to modern day still a lot of times cgi looks like cgi to me this does not Probably the most spectacular um, moment of the movie, uh, special effects-wise, in my opinion, was there's an incredible, incredible battle sequence um, with Lincoln and his opponent fighting um, first amidst a horse stampede and then eventually um, riding horses, jumping from horses to horses, this giant battle all involving wild horses running all over the scene. Um, with like this blazing, beautiful orange and red sunset happening behind them, it looks like an old timey painting, like one of those old cowboy paintings you see at like Longhorn Steakhouse or something, come to life. It's absolutely gorgeous. The special effects are incredible, and it's just—it's frankly, it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful to look at. I'd love to see. I mean, just getting screen captures of this for like wallpaper or something would be would be beautiful to have. It was just really, really nicely rendered and beautifully done and seamless. And uh, the part there's a a part where uh, uh, Lincoln's opponent in that scene actually grabs a, a horse 
by the legs, spins it around similar to how Superman spun General Zod around in Superman 2 and then threw him into the coke sign. The vampire does that. He grabs the horse by the leg, spins it around, and throws a friggin' horse at Abraham Lincoln. And it was just like, holy shit! <laughs> it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, this movie, hands down, has the best Civil War battle scenes and sweeping vistas and just long shots and, and everything that I've ever seen in a movie. And I've seen a lot of Civil War movies. I mean, it's all CGI, but... Again, you're sold. It does not look CGI. If you've ever seen uh, James Cameron's Titanic, there's a scene in Titanic where Titanic goes out to sea um, for the first time. You know, it's, it's, it's beginning the voyage of the Titanic. And there's a shot where we as the viewers are kind of looking godlike down on the ocean as Titanic comes across the screen, similar to how the Star Destroyer comes across the screen in the beginning of the very first Star Wars movie. And as it pans along, you can see people doing, you see someone come out and like hand Captain Smith like a, I don't know, like a cup of tea or something. You see people playing shuffleboard and walking along the decks and chit-chatting and just all this stuff. And it looks so fake to me. I hate to say that, but every, you know, the ship looks great, but the people look incredibly stiff and fake and almost cartoony in their animation it doesn't look real you get none of that with the the civil war shots in abraham lincoln vampire hunter it looks incredible it's so lifelike and completely believable i was really really blown away by the amazing cgi and special effects and I keep saying CGI, I don't want to give the, the false impression that this movie is loaded with CGI. It may well be, but if it is, it doesn't look CGI at all. I mean, it, it, looks, uh, it just looks fantastic. Um, so don't, you know, don't be afraid to, to check it out on the basis that you think it's going to look all you know, computery and, and hokey, because no, it doesn't. It looks beautiful. Um, the score, I don't have a lot to say. You know, for one of the selling points that got my ass in the theater seat for this movie... Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. It's going to be one of those ones where I'm going to have to get the album and listen to it and, and then form an opinion. But, I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. There was not, it wasn't anything about it that bugged me. But at the same rate, there wasn't anything about it that um, kind of stood out the way X-Men First Class did. X-Men First Class, I mean, there were there were scenes in there that I was like, damn, I can't wait to get the score to this. You know, like when Magneto takes out the Nazis in the uh, in the South American bar. That scoring is awesome. Same guy with this one. I just don't remember any scenes like that where I was like, wow, this score is really you know, fantastic. But again, when you're watching a movie, the score is not supposed to do that anyway. So it might turn out to be a fantastic score that just works so well in the movie that I was pulled in and just didn't even notice how awesome it was. Again, it'll take listening to the album to, uh, to really, you know, for me to decide whether I think it's a great score or not. Um... As much as I really thoroughly enjoyed the flick, um, I did have a few complaints. Nothing major, um, and which is odd because it should have been. The vampires in this, I think somebody's getting vampires and werewolves confused. There's a huge story element in this that I'm pretty damn sure doesn't apply to vampires. Normally that sort of thing would drive me nuts. If there's one thing that I'm really, really, really anal in particular about in my movies, it's vampires. You either stick with the lore or don't. If you're not, if you're going to ignore vampire lore, then don't use friggin' vampires. That really drives me nuts. And there is a major trade-off in this movie. There's a major piece of vampire lore that they acknowledge, 
but right off, and they trade it for a different um, a different. Uh, See, I'm dancing around this issue. It's like, basically, it's like this. There's a vulnerability. There's a classic vulnerability of vampires that they acknowledge, but then pretty much ignore in the movie, and they trade that off for a different power, um, a different ability that the vampires have in this movie. That my wife says she's read other stories where vampires have the, had this power. I never have, and it kind of drove me a little bit crazy. But at the same rate, again, it was one of those weird things where normally that would really drive me nuts. In this case, I didn't mind it. Again, I enjoyed the movie so much that I kind of was able to overlook it. But I throw it out there kind of as a warning. If you're like me and and you like, you know, your characters that have rules, you know, like vampires or, you know, whatever, then that might irritate you a little bit. Um, plot holes and historical inaccuracies. Uh, yeah, the movie's kind of riddled with them. You just go with it. You know, I mean, if you think too much about it, you know, there, there's plot holes in it that are large enough to, to drive a truck through or a train, as the case may be. There's a, a spectacular train uh, sequence in this movie, just absolutely incredible. It's basically it, it's the trench run sequence of this movie. It's pretty much the grand finale of the movie. Is is the spectacular, spectacular train stuff which is the best train stuff i've ever seen since uh you know since back to the future 2 you know basically it's back to the future or excuse me back to the future 3 rather it's basically back to the future part 3 on steroids with this train sequence it's really really awesome um but again i mean while i you know i i clearly saw some plot holes in there i saw some historical inaccuracies there was nothing that that was really you know enough to spoil the picture for me except for one thing and i don't think anybody else would really think about this unless you're really really up on your abraham lincoln history it probably won't even really occur to you or affect you in the movie but um they play fast and loose with Lincoln's children. And I express, uh, excuse me, I, uh, I want to emphasize children, plural. This movie really creates the impression that Lincoln only had one child, which is not true. Um, my wife and I were both sitting there talking <laughs> quietly to each other in the movie going, I thought he had more kids. And I kept thinking he had three boys. And my wife was like, well, I know he had at least two. Turns out he actually had four. And the movie does not touch on that at all. You're you're left strictly with the impression there's one child, and that one child thing is uh, is a very big plot element in the story. Knowing that he has more than uh, one child, I don't want to say it ruins it, but it definitely affects it to the point where afterwards you're kind of going, "How the hell does that work? How do you reconcile that with things that happen in the movie?" You know, in the movie, uh, kind of tough. Kind of, it's kind of hard. I would love to know the, you know, the official explanation, so to speak. You know, how how are the story writers, or how are the the uh, how's the director reconcile that, you know, with his picture? Maybe it'll be explained, you know, when the DVD comes out or something. I don't know, but I, I want to know. I, I want to know how they deal with that, or is this supposed to be like alternate universe Lincoln, where you know that that's the angle they're going? I don't know. I have no idea. Um, really the only complaint, outright complaint I can think of is there's, there's one scene that, uh, it's not a bad scene or anything, but I could totally have done without it. And that was, um, Sturgis's origin story. 
It's a very cliched origin story. I felt it was completely needless. It took up time that was better spent doing other things, and ultimately it was just it was kind of pointless. That was really my only beef. Um, my only significant beef with the movie overall was uh, I just thought, why are we? Who cares? You know. Um. You know any movie that uses or as especially in the promotion of the movie or in the trailers or anything you know attention hollywood if you want to get my ass in a theater seat use the gettysburg address you're guaranteed i'm going to go check out your flick um the gettysburg address sequence in this movie was awesome uh i was just i had tears you know welling up and uh, and was sitting there just reciting along with it um, minor quibble that it was abbreviated, that kind of bugged me a little bit, but still, um, you know, damn, Benjamin Walker just so resembled Abraham Lincoln in, you know, his, just his delivery, his appearance. Um, I mean, the movie really goes all out for making you feel, I mean, they didn't cheap out on costumes or sets or anything. I mean, it really feels like the era that it's supposed to be happening in. And the Gettysburg Address sequence was just really, really awesome. The only minor quibble I had with it was uh, there's a famous picture of the state, you know, of all the crowd gathered around in the stage area, and Lincoln is just a very uh, indistinct black blur in the photo because Lincoln's speech was so short that by the time the photographer got set up to take the picture, Lincoln was actually leaving the stage and he had to hurry to get a shot before Lincoln was out of the frame. And so that's why there actually is no pictures of Lincoln actually delivering the Gettysburg address as Lincoln's delivering the address in this picture, in this, in this movie, there's a beautiful one of those spin around panorama shots showing the crowd reaction. And I couldn't find anybody there that was set up to be taking a picture. I know that that's a super, super, super nitpick, but still, you know, if they're going for full out, you know, accuracy of, of how this should look, I kind of thought that somebody would pick up on that. And I was kind of surprised that, that no one did. The only other thing I can think of as far as, uh, you know, disappointments or, or, you know, nitpicks or anything like that, and this is just, you know, this is just me being a smartass. Man, I could have gone for some Genghis Khan in this, you know? <laughs> as a matter of fact, uh, we were the only ones that stayed in the theater all the way to the end, and my wife kept saying, you know, are you ready to go? Are you ready to go? I was like, you know I always stay to the end of the movie. And she's like, well, what are you waiting for? And I said, well, you know, I know Nick Fury's not going to show up, but maybe, maybe Genghis Khan will, you know, and she just rolled her eyes because, you know, she, she's been with me long enough. She knows what I'm talking about. Uh, no Genghis Khan, unfortunately. Um, you know, it would have been great just to get, like, you know, somebody mention Genghis Khan or maybe, like, a picture on a wall or, like, Lincoln's looking at a book of, like, the history, you know, the, like, the life story of Genghis Khan. Some little acknowledgement of the Genghis Khan thing, nothing. Now, at least nothing I caught, anyway. Maybe at a subsequent viewing... You know, if it's there, I'd catch it type of thing. But uh, I, uh, I, I dug it. I really, really enjoyed the movie. Unfortunately, I'm going to give my prediction for this. I think it's not going to do well. I hope that's not the case. I pray that I'm wrong. I think you should go. I mean, if if you have the least little interest in um, in Abraham Lincoln, of course, um, 
I wouldn't go to see it necessarily as a vampire movie. I mean, if, if you have an interest in vampires, it's tough for me to know whether I should recommend this movie or not because it's not faithful to vampires. Um, they're kind of they're kind of almost used as almost like a token enemy. Like he has to fight somebody. So let me see who can who can we have him fight? Uh, well, uh, vampires, but they're kind of like pseudo vampires. Um, it was more about him battling, you know, the the supernatural. I think, and, and the vampires were just you know kind of fit sort of half-assed the the element that they wanted him to be fighting. Anyway, getting back to the prediction thing, um, I just don't... I, I feel like the the marketing... If this movie underperforms, and I just have a, a, a nagging suspicion it's going to, I think ultimately it's going to fall at the feet of the marketing because I just don't think the marketing has been very good for this. I love the poster for it, but the poster creates a totally false impression of the movie, in my opinion, because the poster looks too much like two other Burton films. It looks like Alice in Wonderland and um, uh, Sleepy Hollow. And I, it's just, it's not about that at all. It, it, it's its actually, I mean, it really does feel like like a, a like a, 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 a bibliologue, ah, I can't even talk, like a... Um, like a biopic, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But it's like a biopic with this fantastic element in it. And that doesn't really seem to be how they're selling it, at least in the uh, in the stuff that I've seen. I mean, the closest comparison I could really pull to, to how I feel like they're marketing it is they're marketing it almost like a... Um, like a uh, Resident Evil or, or like one of those underworld flicks. Like it's all going to be you know, vampires and blood and guts and actions and sword swinging and all this stuff. And it has that, but that's not what the movie is about. The movie has a lot of heart. I mean, the movie had seriously had several moments that, uh, that, uh, you know, kind of choked me up. It's got a sweet little love story in it. I mean, the, the, the chemistry between, uh, Walker as Lincoln and, uh, and Winstead as Mary Todd is, it really works. I mean, they, they make a cute little couple and, and it's got a nice little love story in there. Um, but I want to wrap this up. I know I'm going a little bit long. Um, but ultimately I'm really passionate about this movie. I really, I hope you check it out. I, I'm just not sure what, you know, what recommendation to give you as far as, you know, the, the hook. And I think that's the problem with the marketing. It's really, it's, it's the problem with, where, what the hell genre does this movie fall into? Is it a horror movie? Is it a historical biopic? You know what? What is it exactly? I, I don't know. On that basis, I don't know how to recommend it to you. I would just recommend it to you as a fun um, adventure movie, historical pick. I mean, if you like movies like, uh, oh, I don't know, like. Um, See, I want to say The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, but I know people hate that movie. I don't know why. I like it. I really enjoy that movie. But I'm afraid if I compare it to that, then people are going to, I'm not going to go see that piece of crap then. But no, I But I just mean in, in the sense of, you know, having a sense of, of a built-in history and you're, you're taking something that, you know, quote-unquote, everybody feels like they know and you're adding, you know, you're adding this fantasy, this this fantastical element to it um, I mean, if that whole idea appeals to you, then I would say see it on that basis because that I think it works really, really well in this. And plus, if you just you know if you're just plain interested in, in Abe Lincoln, and you want to see something that really handles him beautifully, you know, despite the whole vampire fighting and all that stuff, 
I would say see it on that basis because I, I really found it, again, you know, that, that word again, respectful. I found it to be a really respectful and in the way I envisioned Lincoln was um, accurate, you know, as accurate as we're going to get without any of, you know, anybody that's alive today really being able to say affirmatively, you know, this is what he was like. This is what he looked like. This is what he sounded like. This is how he carried himself. It's all the impressions that we get, you know, handed down through history, you know, from the people that tell the story. But in my personal, you know, the the way I've always personally envisioned Lincoln, yeah, this is him. I, he, that's him, you know, dead on. And uh, so I enjoyed it from that angle very, very much. Uh, final verdict on this, uh, go see it. I enjoyed the hell out of Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. It's not at all what I expected. I thought it would be kind of a goofy, silly little time killer that ultimately would be like, eh, that was kind of fun, you know, let's forget about it. No, I can't wait for this one to come out on DVD. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I, I know that this is going to be one that I'm going to be watching for, uh, for, you know, for years afterwards, uh, maybe even do like a little commentary or something for it when it eventually comes out. Uh, but no, this this one's going to on my on my favorites pile. I really really dug the hell out of it. Hope it does better than uh, than I'm predicting that it will do. Um, so yeah, get out and see it. Check it out. I think you will enjoy it. Gets a big thumbs up from uh, from Scott Gardner for wherever the hell that's worth. So thanks for listening and uh, talk to you soon.